Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fun fact about Antonio T. Smith Jr., did you know that Antonio has a photographic memory? And not only that, he remembers everything he sees and everything he hears. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't remember what I ate the day before. But he can remember something you told him three years ago. He can remember something you told him two minutes ago and repeat them both to you within the same sentence. Not only that, he has a photographic memory. So when he reads something, he remembers it. When he sees something, he remembers it. I don't know about you, but that's definitely some spy-level stuff. I don't know about y'all. But here's another fun fact about Antonio T. Smith Jr. This episode is brought to you by the Bureau of Dominant Speakers. 
Are you a speaker, trainer, or coach and looking to get maximum exposure, master your skills, and learn how to create products that generate a residual income? The Bureau of Dominant Speakers is the program for you. Antonio T. Smith Jr. gives you exposure to his network of 2.5 million people, as well as teach you everything he knows that retired him at the age of 29 on speaking alone, how to create products that generate a residual income for you, as well as how to brand and market yourself as a master speaker. For more information, click the second link in the show notes description. One more time. <laughs> promise you that. Promise you that. We're a bunch of people who are serious about friendship, money, and prosperity. You want to go with us, and you want to go with us as far and as fast as you possibly can. Now, if you are ready, grab a pen, grab a pad, or use the note app in your phone. Use the hashtag <coughs> plant better and put something in quotes if you hear something that resonates with your spirit. Again, grab a pen, grab a pad, and let's talk about making money. This phone call will be different from the others. It will be a tad bit longer so you can get it. Share this feed right now. You don't want to be the person who stops someone from getting prosperity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. yes. And also, get ready. It is going to be a Q&A. So right now, share the feed. I will take time myself to share it on my personal page. My team is sharing it everywhere else. This is something you want to do. A Q&A session with myself. I want to thank all of you for joining. Without further ado, let's go ahead and make some doggone money. How about that? All right. Q&A session. Before we start the Q&A, let me just tell you how important money is. Money is very important. Now, I'm not telling you money is real. Money is not real. Money is just energy. And the system has created such energy that you need to maintain it inside this system. However, while you need this system or don't need this system, you still need to be able to financially um, hold yourself to where you can be a part of a living society that loves itself and have some money. Does that make sense? Yes. If it doesn't make sense, you can't help your mom if you're broke. Now, I'm opening up for questions. I have my staff watching the live feed. I am not watching the live feed. In fact, let me minimize the screen. I am not watching the live feed. This means you're going to get a genuine answer from me. I don't know who you are. And I care about you, but I don't care about who's asking the question because I want you to get a real answer. So if my question offends you, sorry, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyway. Okay? Hopefully nothing offends you. Get the answer you need, and let's rock it out. Let's go with some questions. Talk loud enough if you're in Actually, let me feel. I got uh, Tempest who is hosting this on, on the phone call as well, so she will be asking me some questions. As a matter of fact, let me do that this way. Are you on the phone call? One of you guys log in on the phone call for me. Log in on the phone call for me. Do that and put it on speakerphone so when she asks a question, the audience on online can hear as well. Does that make sense? Great. And then keep, you know, how you're not muted and stuff. So let's get a question in front of me. Let's start with you. So how long does it take from establishing a company to your first income? And it's a, it's a two-part question and then... Um, Oh, no, it's one part. Please okay. forgive me. It's how I wrote it. How long does it take from establishing a company to your first income flow that puts you out of the red? Like, what's that? What What's All the right. uh, estimated time frame between starting and you being out of the red? Fair enough. 
So there's no estimated time frame for that. Instead of trying to get out the red, here's what you need to start doing first. You need to make your first sale. That's the most important thing. And of course, getting out the red, getting out of debt. Okay, so I'm going to explain this here. But your focus is in the wrong place. You can't get out of debt until you make your first sale. Your first sale is the hardest. Okay, is everybody listening? Mm -hmm. Your first sale is the hardest. That's the first thing you have to do. If you make your first sale, you can be a millionaire. Let me explain. Whatever you did to make your first sale, do that again with twice the effort. Then what you do is you make two sales. Then whatever you did to make two sales, do that again with twice the effort. And you make four sales. Then when you make those four sales, Watch this here. You've made four sales plus two sales plus one sale. You have a seven customer business. So you just miss how, see, simplicity. The reason why poor people stay poor because they avoid the simple things. They don't master the mundane. They don't take these simple things for, they, they don't do these simple things. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And since you don't do these simple things, you forget or you, are, or you are unaware of the fact that anything that is simple can be duplicated. If it's complicated, it can't be duplicated. Therefore, you can't be rich. <coughs> Facebook and Google have very complex algorithms. But when it comes to the user, it's as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Here's, how, here's, how, here's how simple Facebook and Google is. If you, if you have Google Chrome, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Google Chrome and I want you to type in google.com. You get to the homepage. Then I want you to right click and go to source, view source. And then hit view source at the very bottom. And you're going to scroll down and look at that code. That code is the code for the homepage of Google. You're going to see it's like 40,000 lines. When you look at Google, it's a white background and a search bar. See, the complexity is behind the scenes. Mm. But when it got to the user, it's as simple as possible. Oh Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so give me that. Show, show the camera real quick until it zooms in, okay? Did you see that? Look at that. Everybody look at that. Can it, it, is it zoomed in on that side? So they, if you're on Facebook, you see it and it's zooming in. Do you see how complex that code is? That Google code is so complex, but when it got to the user, it's extremely simple. Did that make sense? You haven't even scrolled down. You get it? They're complex, but when it got to the user, they did simplicity. Why? Because it's easy to duplicate going into a search bar and typing what you want. If you can spell, you can use Google. And if you can't spell... They'll figure it out for you. Yes, they do. Does that make sense? Yeah. They'll tell you searching for this instead of the crazy stuff you just typed. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you be like, oh, I didn't know I misspelled vernacular or whatever you're trying to spell, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Good. <coughs> so back to getting out of red. You don't have to get out the red. Focus on your first customer. After you get that first customer, then you double that effort. After you get that effort, then you double that effort. Now I stopped at seven. So once you get to six customers, double that effort. Now you get to 12. But watch it. 
You now have 12, 6, that's 18, 4, that's 22, 2, that's 24, plus 1, that's 25. You've just developed a 25 customer business by simply starting with one customer and doubling the effort. Mm. Now, if your products are like mine at $10,000 a piece, 25 times 10,000, please. $250,000. Would that get you out the red? <laughs> yes, sir. Did you see what I just did? Did you see what I just did? Mm -hmm. Let's say your product is 99, 99 cents. Okay? What's going to take you out the red? A million dollars. So guess what? You need to start with one customer at 99 cents and then focus on getting the two million by doubling your effort each time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And the more you double your, double your effort, the more you'll figure out where your flaws are. That's the answer to your question. Okay. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Good question. Good way to start us up. Let's take one more in front of me, then we'll go online. We'll go over the phone. Excuse me. How do you have a conversation <coughs> with family and friends about chasing your dreams? All right. So the question is, how do you have a conversation with your family and friends about chasing your dreams? Here, let me. Okay. How do you have a conversation with your family and friends about chasing your dreams? It's a two-part question, two-part answer here. You don't have that conversation. And in some cases, you do have that conversation. In both cases, you're notifying them. You're not asking permission. Let me explain. Mm. When you ask your family to let you be successful, they will never let you be more successful than them. Mm. At the end of the day, your family is still human. Your humans are selfish. Okay? So never ask nobody, do you have permission to get out of poverty? Notify them that poverty no longer serves you. Mm. Somebody write that down. Doctor. Okay. <laughs> never, never ask. You got another question? Okay, I got you. Never ask your family to permission to get out of poverty. Tell them poverty no longer serves you. In some cases, you don't even have to have that conversation. If you need to have that conversation with that family member about poverty, here's what you do. And I'm going to get to your second question that you just the add on question you have here. If you guys are broke, you need to have that difficult conversation with your family, okay? Not all of them. The family that you need to have that conversation with is these people right here. Ask yourself this question. Everybody listen. Mm -hmm. Who are you not supposed to criticize? Mm -hmm. That person or entity controls your life. Listen to what I just said. Please, please, somebody quote this, please. In the name of prosperity. Listen. Ask yourself. Who are you not supposed to criticize? Whether it be your church, your pastor, your mom. Ask yourself, who am I not supposed to criticize? My wife, whoever it is, those people control your life. If you're in prosperity, good job. Clap. You don't have to have a conversation. If you're not in prosperity and you think family is holding you back, those are the people you need to have that uncomfortable conversation with. In some cases, you'll find out they support you. You just made up a meaning in your head that said that they did not. In other cases, you'll find that they do not support you. And you don't ask them permission. You notify them that this no longer serves me. I love you. I'll take care of you. But for now, I have to do this. You had a follow-up question to this question. What happens when you give your last to others and can't get it back? All right, so 
the question is, after this, we're going to go over the phone and, and take a few. So get ready to. Uh, the question is, what happens when you give your last to others and you don't get it back? Another two-part question here. You're supposed to live your life that way. Okay? Mm -hmm. You are supposed to live your life giving to others and never expecting to receive back from them. Now, this world is set up to where you can get a cash refund on your energy. This is why good people often have. This is why people who live in prosperity are often good people. Good people are often broke because they don't understand what I'm about to tell you. Okay, So I just said two things. I introduced to you two new concepts. The people you think are selfish because they're rich, they're actually very nice people. The people that you know who are wonderful and hardworking, they're broke because they don't understand this concept I'm about to tell you. You're supposed to give your life away. But you're not supposed to give your life away to people who don't deserve it. Mm. Okay? Now, I don't mean that is you can tell the quality of a man by what he does for others who cannot do nothing for him. Those people, right? You, you always do stuff for people that don't deserve it. I put that in the air quotes. I'm not trying to be mean, okay? You always love people back to holiness. But you have to watch. Um, your Bible would say casting your pigs, I mean your swine, the, no, your pearls, pearls to swine. Okay, here's, what, here's a better way to explain, well, not a better, but here's a modern way to explain that. Stop giving your good time to bad people. Okay, so if you're giving your whole life and your whole energy to your friends and your family, and they don't want you successful, then that's why you're a good person that's broke, because you haven't learned how to maximize your energy. I got you. Okay, this is important. If you haven't learned how to maximize your energy, then what you're going to get is a minimal return. Mm. You, your whole point in life is to guard yourself from energy leaks. Because you only get so much. You can get more money. You never get more energy. You can never get more time. So don't spend the good time you have with people who don't want anything. Very important, okay? Very, very important to understand that. So, you're giving your shirt off the back, off your back to people who don't want anything? That's a waste. So your job is to give your shirt off your back to everybody. When you give your shirt off your back to people who don't want anything, you need to make sure you have so much overflow to where you giving that shirt off your back to someone who doesn't want anything is an inspiration to someone else who would come behind you and do the same thing for others. Got it? Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. I answered your question. Okay. Put a little speakerphone there and let's go with Tempest. Tempest, give me with a question. Pick it up so they can hear you. How does someone know when their religion is no longer serving them? All right. So, whew, somebody then hit me with a hard one. All right. How does someone know when your religion is no longer serving you? I say this with respect. Okay. When your religion is forcing you into a low level of awareness, it is no longer serving you. Okay? Now, I have to define two terms here. I have to define low level of awareness and serving you. Okay? In some, well, let me, let me define it first. Low level of awareness. In life, you would not get your intellect. You would get your awareness. You would not get what you want. You would get who you are. 
You would not get your degrees. You would get the knowledge that you have with your degrees. You would not get your wife if you don't become a husband. You get it? You know how to be a male, but until you have the awareness to be a husband, you can't get a wife. You would not get a husband until you learn how to be a wife. Does that make sense? Okay. So, your low level of awareness is when you're, you can have a high level of intellect and a low level of awareness. Here's what that looks like. That looks like someone, you call them book smart, but not street smart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Floyd Mayweather is the person I love to use in this example, and I do it with, with great respect. He doesn't have a high level of intellect, as some would say. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. They make fun of his reading, and I'm not. I'm going to compliment the guy. Right? They make fun of his reading. He doesn't have degrees. Les Brown is another person. He doesn't have a high level of intellect as far as degrees go. Right? right? If it says stories, it's hit the dumb, but it's all right. So, but Les Brown has an awareness so high, his degrees don't matter. Mm -hmm. Or his lack of degrees. Floyd Mayweather has an awareness so high, he knows how to make $500 million for a fight. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's me. Defining to you low level awareness. Now, getting to you to the serving you. Serving you is what you want in your life for your dreams. What serves you doesn't serve me, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You understand? Just because I think you should do something with your life doesn't mean what I think serves you. That's very important for you people who don't know how to say no. Sometimes your parents will put what they think on you and keep you in poverty. Okay? Okay. So now we got two definitions. We have awareness and intellect are different. Okay? And we have serving you is all about you and your dreams with your life. Does that make sense? Now I can fully answer the question without offending people. When your religion lowers your awareness, which is what you can obtain in this life, and no longer serves your dreams and what you want. Your religion is no longer serving you. I'm not telling you to leave. I'm just telling you it's no longer serving you. Now, don't confuse that church, synagogue, house that you were worshiping with your religion. It may be that place or that local body that, no longer, that keeps your awareness low. It may be that teacher, that pastor, that prophet, who, or whomever you serve, that keeps your awareness low, but your religion is just fine. Religion is a good thing. I'm not telling you to be religious if you're not. I'm just telling you, people who have religion and do the right things with it, they lead good lives and are happy and lead longer lives. Because mm -hmm. faith, not faith is the way you've hijacked it, but faith, as Napoleon Hill would define it, is something that all people need. You cannot live a human life without looking forward to the invisible. Mm. It's impossible. It is impossible. Kids understand this very well, and you grown-ups knock it out of them. Kids want this toy for Christmas, and they are happy because they see this invisible toy coming into their lives. And you tell them Santa Claus don't exist. Mm. Because you have your own. I'm not telling you not to do that. Have your own thing. I'm just telling you, you knock their fantasies out of them. How many of you had an imagination when you were a kid and you no longer have any imagination? Yeah, grown folk knocked it out of you. Does that make sense? All right, so when you are lowered in awareness, 
to where you can no longer obtain your dreams, that is when you need to question. That is when you need to observe what your religion is doing to you. Next question from the phone. Hey, so comfort always gets the best of you. Always. There is never a time in your life where comfort would not get the best of you. Let me explain. Let me explain in greater detail. You cannot be rich and comfortable at the same time. You know why? Because money is energy. And the only way to get money is to expend a lot of energy. And you can't die empty every night and be comfortable at the same time. I'm going to talk to you for about two hours and my heels are going to be on fire. I am going to enrich your lives and pour into you and I will not be comfortable, but I'll live my dreams. Oh, don't miss that. All right, sir. Right? My feet are going to sweat. My shoes are going to stretch. My heels, are you going to see me rock a little bit to get weight off one heel to another? I'm going to cough because my allergies are messed up. And there will be a state of discomfort for me. But I'll live my dreams the whole time. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So comfort is the enemy of prosperity. Mm. Hands down. Go ahead. I got somebody in front of me real real quick. Comfort is the enemy of prosperity. Of prosperity. Comfort is the enemy of prosperity. Hashtag plant better. Okay. So this goes into... Something, a conversation that we had off um, off camera a little while ago. Okay. So I wanted to know, because it kind of piggybacks off of this question, can you expand on why, um, can you expand on you get your prosperity from your discomfort? Because it, it goes into this. All right. So you get your prosperity from discomfort. Why? Because when you're uncomfortable, you start thinking of ways to stop being uncomfortable. Mm. And you cannot be a non-thinking human. But comfortable people, don't think. If you're comfortable, you're not thinking. You're letting others think for you. This is why television is so terrible. Not, not all of it. But if you don't choose your program, and your program would choose you. Comfortable people binge watch shows. And those shows are creating a reality for them to where their brain doesn't have to imagine It just has to receive. Rich people spend all their time both receiving and imagining. Does that make sense? So you can't be comfortable and then want to change. As human beings, we must always be running towards an obstacle. Because if we're not, we have no ambition. And ladies will back me up when I say this. The most unattractive man in the world is a man with no ambition. That makes sense. Okay. Hashtag play better that one, right? <laughs> the most unattractive man in the world is a man with no ambition. Sit around, smoke weed all day, play PlayStation. That's unattractive. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, That's man. unattractive. Okay. So, discomfort is what created the light bulb from Thomas Edison. Man, I'm tired of I can't read. It's dark in here. Hmm. Now, I'm not sure if that's what he said, but you get the point, right? Yeah. And then he said, I wonder how I can get daytime to rush into this room. How can I put sunlight in here? Hmm. And he uncomfortably found a thousand ways to mess that up. Ten thousand ways. Whatever it was, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. A thousand? Ten thousand. Ten thousand. 
Do you know how uncomfortable you have to be to fail 10,000 times? But we talk about him because he had the fortitude to be uncomfortable. Comfortable people are forgotten one generation after they die. <clears throat> Listen to me. Comfortable people are forgotten one generation after they die. Their kids remember them, but nobody else. Mm. You ever met somebody that you had no idea died? And you'd be like, she dead? Right. That was a very comfortable person. They died, and the world didn't even know it. If you want to be forgotten, be comfortable. Next, next question. Let's take one from on the phone. Question from the phone. Sorry, that's all right. Uh, next question. Do you have to know exactly what the next level is in order to move forward? Yes. yes. So you don't have. Okay. So do you have to know what the next level is in order to move towards it? Yes. But stop concerning yourself with the details of the next level. You just need to know the direction of the next level. Even if the direction of your next level is vague, like, I don't want to be here, then you know the next level is not here. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> but you will freeze yourself. You will paralyze yourself from preparation if you try to figure out how to get there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You have to move and start thinking on the way while you're moving. What you can't do is start thinking to move. Very important. If you want to be rich, don't think to move. Move, to think. move while thinking. All right. And the way will be shown. Does that make sense? Yes. Why do you have to know the next level? Now, I'm not talking about the details of the next level. You just need to know. If you, and if you don't know what you want, have the fortitude to know what you don't want. And what you want will be shown. You've done this before. You had no idea who your, your soulmate was until you dated the wrong dude or the wrong woman. I wish I had somebody. Right? You, you, you didn't know the good one was coming, but you knew, I don't want this one no more. Now, this one here, I can't deal with this one no more. All this, all this physical, verbal abuse, I can't deal with that. And knowing what you did not want led you to the man or woman that you needed or that you wanted. Does that make sense? So you, don't, you didn't know what they looked like. You just knew. I deserve something different. And part of getting to the next level is knowing that where you are no longer serves you. Mm. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you don't even know the details of where you're going. You just have to have a target because, and you're going to probably hear me say this a few times, the body can do nothing without the mind. Wherever the mind goes, the body must, by laws of physics, follow. So if your mind goes to the next level, you go to the next level. The reason you're in poverty is because your parents, your school teachers, everybody else put you there mentally first. Let's see. Let's get one more question from the phone. <coughs> How do you unlearn all of the poverty mindset been taught as a child? All right. So, great question from whoever asked this question. How do you unlearn all the poverty mindsets that you learned as a child? The future of this world will be dominated by those who learn how to learn, unlearn, and learn again. That is the new commodity. Not commodity. That is the new income. Those, because this is the information age. This is not the, you got a question? This is not the industrial age. This is the information age. 
And the information that you have in front of you now is poverty. And until you learn how to unlearn poverty and then learn prosperity, then you cannot get to where you want. So how do you unlearn poverty? Very, very, that was your question? Okay, very, very, yes. I have a question after the answer. Okay, how do you unlearn poverty? You unlearn poverty in two different ways, okay? Two different ways, and they're the same thing, two ends of the spectrum, other side of the coin. Does that make sense? Same uh-huh. one thing, just different sides of it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Uh-huh. Okay. Way number one, you stop being arrogant. Let's define arrogance. To receive, not to receive new information. Whatever you lack in your life, you are arrogant in that area. When I coach people, we have knockout, drag out fights about this, and I just let them swing. <laughs> and I don't waste my energy. Because people, I'm not arrogant, and, and, right? and, and the whole time you are, because you have a different definition of arrogance. <clears throat> but arrogance is not being able to receive new information. How can one learn prosperity when you got a block on it? Some of, no, most of you have religious blocks on prosperity. You've been taught poverty is holy, and if you ever get rich, you're a bad person. Mm. You've been taught abundance is something that only God is supposed to have. <laughs> you haven't been taught that you are God right. or you have God in you. Right. And since he's supposed to have it, and since he is in you, then you get to have it too. That's a fact. And that's actually good theology if you are a Christian or something like that. <coughs> so, one side of this coin is stop being here. The other side of this coin is Find somebody that can actually teach you. This is the crazy part that people don't do. You know why people don't find mentors? Because they're too arrogant, because they know everything. So let's talk about how you know everything. Do me a favor. Google for me. I don't want to mess up his name. The CEO of Microsoft right now. I need to. The CEO of Microsoft. No, no. Bill Gates is the the owner. Well, I'm sorry, president of Microsoft. So, yeah, president of Microsoft. President of Microsoft, real quick. Spell it for me so I can say his name right. President of Microsoft. S-A-T-Y-A? All right, so S-A-T-Y-A. Wait, hold on. He's the CEO. You want the president? No, no, that's what I want. That's what I want, CEO, good. S-A-T-Y-A. S-A-T-Y-A. And what's his last name? Nadella, N-A-D-E-L-L-A. Nadella. Satya Nadella, something like that, right? CEO of Microsoft. He has a saying, and he got it from a book. Don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. Okay, I like that one. I didn't want to quote it. It's a great quote, but I didn't want to take credit for it. He has a saying. He running Microsoft. Microsoft is back to relevance because of him. Because he is not a know-it-all. He's a learn-it-all. You get it? If you're a know-it-all, so let's talk about you knowing it all. If you know it all and you can't receive information, guess what? You're a house star. You know everything about poverty. Mm. Therefore, to the laws of success, you're wrong every time. And you spend all your time being right. And you are right of how to be poor. Here's how you know if you have a poverty mindset. <coughs> if I tell you how to do something new and you come with every idea of how it won't work, you're a poverty mindset. Rich people don't say things won't work. They say 
how will this work? How can I make this work? Poor people are the most educated people and why it won't work. You ever talked to them before? Mm-hmm. You had a network marketing business you wanted to start? Oh, that's uh, not going to work. You, you wanted to start your record company and they told you that's not going to work. Because poor people will always talk you out of what they do not have the courage to do. Okay, now you had a question on top of that. Okay, so you mentioned something before about <coughs> our poverty line and family and, and schools and things of that nature. So, when do you need to separate from your family? In, in respects to what? In respects to you're starting your business, you're on a certain path, but, you know, because of poverty minds or because they're not where you are, because they don't believe in your dreams or they don't support you, like, at what point do you need to... So, in respect to being successful? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, the question, and the only question I'm answering is, when do you separate your family when it comes to respect of being successful? Okay. <coughs> I didn't say when y'all get an argument that, that that's between you and your family. Right. We're talking about success. Does that make sense? Yes. You should separate from your family the moment you realize you're not successful. And I know that's tough, ain't it? Yep. You know why? <laughs> that's a tough answer. Wait. Look, everybody in the room just went, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, okay? sir. You thought it was going to be nice. Wait. You thought it was going to be nice. No, it can't be nice. You, it's your question. Your question was, when should you separate your, from your family in respects of being successful? The moment you figure out you're not successful, your family is no longer serving you in the category of success. That does not mean they're bad. That does not mean you shouldn't hang with them. But if you're trying to be successful, you need to limit your time with them and find a new family that is successful. Yes, yes, all the light bulbs go off. Let me tell you why. Cause well, go ahead. Let me, let me let me see what you got. So it's the same as when it's time to separate from your circle of friends. That's right. Okay. Friends and family, same thing. So apply this friends and apply this family to the same thing. When you realize you are not successful, you need to separate from your friends and family. You know why? Because they loved you. To unsuccess was a good thing for you. So you missed it. They loved you. To be comfortable mm-hmm. in poverty. Mm-hmm. See, when you go find that new successful family, they'll never let you be in poverty. They would never let you gain weight if you don't want it. They would never let you complain around them. Come on. You understand what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. If you are with a successful people, now whatever that may be, they won't let you do what is adverse to your dreams. Mm-hmm. They won't let you drink and drive. Right. Family will say you drive better when you're drunk. Well, Lord. Because, now I'm not, I'm not telling often, but I'm, I'm just saying, here's why. Because you're broke. And you've been around them 36 years. And they loved you while being broke. That's a good thing. But it's a bad thing when it comes to your success. It's a good thing because they love you unconditionally. The bad thing about that is part of that love is to keep you in poverty. Mm. So the moment you recognize you are not successful, then you need to immediately separate from that family. That's not to say they're bad. 
That's not to cut them off. All that fall back game too strong, that's rude. Love them. <laughs> but love them while oh, finding a new prosperity so you can come back and love them with some money. So you can love their house note off. Amen. Right? So you can love their church into being in no debt. Amen. Got it? Amen. Let them have love for you and you have love for them. And then go find a new family that will love you while you're being successful. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, got a question in front of me. Tempest, do me a favor. I want you to find <coughs> one or two questions on the live Facebook feed. So, get ready for that. After I field this question, I'll have you ask one or two questions from the live Facebook feed. If there are none, then just ask me a question from the phone. Okay? So, let's get the question in front of me. Okay, I'm making all the right steps to be successful. I'm putting all my money into my dreams, but I'm still broke. Why is that? Because you're arrogant. You're arrogant and you haven't spent enough time doing it. Okay? If you're in lack, it means you're not receiving new information. So what you're doing is you're not slowing down to speed up. You're not reading what you need. You're not listening to the podcast you need. You're not listening to the advice you need. You're not with the right people you need. And so you keep having lack because you only plant seeds of lack. So all your energy is coming to planting poison. That's why you keep getting poisoned. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if you're not planting poison and you do have a mentor and you are around the right people and you have not been successful yet, your butt ain't spent enough time doing what you're trying to do. You can't instantly be successful. Denzel Washington is like a 12-year overnight success. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I seen a movie the other day. I had no idea. I can't remember who the actor was. I was like, oh my God, you're in this movie? Oh, Mia, Mia Kunis. Um, Family Guy, Meg. Mila. Really? Mila, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. <coughs> she was in a movie called American Psycho 2. That wasn't, like, Google it, seriously. Like, seriously, Google American Psycho 2. And if you Google it, she that wasn't even supposed to be American Psycho 2. It was supposed to be another movie. The movie was trash. It got awesome, I mean, awful reviews. She hates the movie and she was in it. You know why she was in it? Because she was moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's you. That she, yes. Put it up there so they can see it. Right? She was moving forward. The, the Mila Kunis that you love was that. in a terrible movie. I never knew who that was. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? It was a terrible movie. <coughs> but she put enough energy into what she was trying to do, so now she makes like $100,000 an episode or something like that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Are you receiving that? Mm -hmm. And she's not making an episode to work. She's making making episode to talk. And she's not even using a different voice. Meg's voice is her own voice. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Meg's voice is really similar to hers. So she's literally sitting down in an air-conditioned environment talking okay. herself to six figures an episode. Because she put in the time. Most of you are complainers and you complain yourself out of prosperity. Oh, Alright, so I should have some questions online or over the phone. Let me know if it's online, Tempest. So, no questions online. Okay. Yet. Okay. This question kind of piggybacks off of a previous question about, somebody asked a question about family. Like, any questions about Okay. Uh -oh. okay. So before you get to that point to where you need to separate yourself 
Yeah. So I might have to quote Tyrese on this one. Tyrese Gibson. And um, let, let's see. Before I, let me set it up first. Here's the number one. There's two signs. There's lots. But I want to give you the two signs that you can easily recognize. I already covered one of them. Is when you find out you are not successful, that whole family, them whole friends, they're suspect. They are. Because if you don't have what you want in life, they loved you to that point. That's one of the signs. One of the signs. That, you know why? Because human beings will not let you be more successful than them unless they have a prosperity mindset. See, I want you all to make more money than me because it will literally boost my legacy. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Have a prosperity mindset. Please go out there and make more money than me and, and, and be, yeah. you know, yes, yeah. a billionaire so I can figure out how to ride your energy and, and be a distribution for you or something. Do you need a motivational speaker? Can I train your staff? You understand what I'm saying? Right. We're going to eat together. Does that make sense? That's a prosperity mindset. But family, friends, here's that second part now. What they'll do for you or what they'll do to you is they start throwing you what you call shade. Mm -hmm. But let's quote Tyrese. Ha, ha, ha. I see you out there making money. That person has a problem with you. Right? They're throwing those subliminal darts at you. I see you. I see you doing well. That person has a problem with you. So, losing has a dialogue. Start paying attention to the language of losers. Okay? If you keep hearing, I can't. You won't. Doesn't work that way. And all that complaining. That someone that you need to separate yourself from. Because you cannot be 100% successful hanging around 100% poor people. Mm. Those are the two signs I want you to pay attention to. Hold on real quick. Well, let me know. No. Give me another one, Tempest, and I'll come to you in front of me. Oh, you got a question too? Good. <coughs> so you, Tempest. Growth, is that what she said? Mm -hmm. Yes. Moving to the next level always brings financial growth because you can't have financial poverty on a low level. So by financial growth, you will make more, but it will cause more from you. Very important to understand the two of these. You will make more as you go higher because you will serve more people. You cannot make money without serving people. So the higher you go, the more people you will serve. You understand what I'm saying? At the same time, it will cost you more of energy to get to that new level of that financial energy. Let me explain in this way in a greater detail. Most of you don't are not most of you are not millionaires or whatever it is you want, the six figures you want in two years, because of this one simple fact. You intellectually want to be a millionaire. Subconsciously, you know it's hard work. Mm. And you subconsciously tell your brain that's too hard. And so here's what happens. And listen to me, because I'm about to say the realest thing that I've said thus far. 
When you subconsciously disagree with what you want intellectually, you trigger your self-sabotage. And you go through all the motions intellectually and you literally try as hard as you can. You secretly are self-sabotaging yourself because you want pseudo-success so you can wholly say, and wholly, I mean H-O-L-Y, holy, adios in Greek, you want to be able to say from a spiritual or church perspective, I tried. Look at me. It just wasn't my time. It just wasn't in God's will. All the time, subconsciously, you're sabotaging. Never would have let it happen. Because you told your brain, try. And your brain successfully let you try. What does try mean? Get right close and let the bottom fall out. When you intellectually want something, but your subconscious does not want it, your sabotaging kicks in so you can get what your subconscious says you can have. But remember, you didn't want it. And you understand that having a million dollars means that your family's going to hate on you. I got you. It means that you're, you're going to spend 16-hour days working. It means that, it means that some, I know people <coughs> whose community has made them not want to be successful. Because their community keeps saying, what you going to do when you get a million dollars? And they're so afraid of bearing the burdens of their community that they sabotage their success. Mm. Got it? Mm -hmm. All right. Question in front of me here. Um, when you accumulate the amount of money you desire, should you help people? <laughs> oh, wait, you said bring back what you said about the shoe talk. All right. So, thank you. When you... Accumulate the money you desire, should you help people? Yes and no. It goes back to his original question very early. You got to watch who you're helping. So if you get $1.5 million and you give out $500,000 to three different entities or people, you're broke. Mm -hmm. And don't expect those people to help you out. Because if they let you go broke at $1.5 million, those are exactly the people who will not help you out. You understand? Mm -hmm. People of prosperity be like, wait. Let's not kill this money. Let's invest this money. People who are poor say, give me. You owe me. We family. Mm -hmm. Do you understand the difference? Uh -huh. Now, what I was telling you off camera, you can control. This, this, this is how, so with rich people, I remember when Mark Zuckerberg said he was giving away like uh, $200 billion or something. <coughs> and it was all like happy. And the next day, they found out he put it in like, Actually, it was more than $200 billion. It was like 90% of his income. He put it in like a 501c3 that mm. somebody controlled that was very upset. He ain't giving it away. He's No, yes, he is. He's controlling how it's going to be used. Still giving it away. He just understands, don't give it to poor people. Because poor people are going to squander it mm -hmm. and give it right back to the rich people after he's dead. And then the money won't be used to help the community. Okay? So you can control Let's say you have, how old are your parents? 72. All right, let's say you have a 72-year-old mom and a 66-year-old dad or vice versa. All right, so a 72-year-old dad and a 66-year-old mom. Let's say you have that going on. <coughs> and you want to give them $500,000. Here's what you can do. This is not the only way. This is a way. You can pay off all their debt. Okay. Let's, let's say that's 
$200,000. Now, you got $300,000 left. You pay off the house, you pay off the cars, you pay off that, boom, right? Now, you say, okay, Mr. Insurance Man, allow for me to buy insurance policy on my mom, so if she die, my daddy get it, okay? You understand? So, when mom die, at least my dad can get a $250,000 insurance policy, you know, cash refund on, on my mom's death because he is going to be psychologically unable to pay the bills. His partner just died. You do understand that. Mm -hmm. If that is psychological trauma, that would be it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And every time he answered the phone, somebody reminded him, baby, you okay? Right? Okay. More psychological trauma. But what you just did was make it $500,000 a year. Actually, you made it $550,000 because you had $300,000 left. You see what I did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you do the vice versa for the other. But then you put a beneficiary, two beneficiaries. You put the mom and the dad there, and then you put your sister on both of them. So, if both of them die at the same time, your sister get all that money. Got it? Or, if one dies, mom gets the money, and then when she dies, then dad can't get the money because he's dead, but your sister is alive, and then boom, she gets the money. Right? Now, you... Not only took care of your parents, but you use insurance to take care of your sibling or siblings. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, now some, some, some poor people are going, poor, poor people are going that's, 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 that's wrong. No, it's not. It's actually called a key person insurance policy. Look it up. Seriously. If you go into business with me, if me and you are in business and you die, I can't do your half of the intellectual property of the business. This is called a key person insurance policy. They got other policies too. But seriously, this is rich people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, <clears throat> so that's one way you can handle that and control that money. But now you still got $250,000 left. And then you can give that to them cash, or you can figure out other clever ways to do that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And you, because what you don't want to do is give them, now, your parents may be smart, may not. This is just, but you don't want to give them $500,000 and they, people know and start borrowing money from them, mm -hmm. especially if they know how to say no. Mm -hmm. Now, people coming up to them with, hey, hey, unk, right? It's always that. Hey, unk, listen, and I got this baking idea I've been having, right? We'll start this baking company, and all I need, unk, is $50,000. And then, of course, can't say no, nephew. Here's fifty thousand dollars. Now you got four hundred fifty left. Um, I lost it, man. But listen, man, it was the market. Just give me another hundred, and I'll be straight. You see what happened? Mm -hmm. All right. This is why people who win a lottery be broke because they family. Make family will make sure you stay broke. Mm -hmm. Friends will make sure you stay broke if they're not of prosperity. Does that help? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. Uh, let's see. Let's get a question. No, you have one. Okay, let me get you. Let's get a question for you real quick, and then we'll go back on the phone. This is a two-part question. Two-part question. Okay. How do you keep a heart and make tough business decisions, mm. and how do you start a business with the right people? <laughs> how do you keep a heart and make tough business decisions, and how do you start a business with the right people? Let's go backwards. Let's deal with the business with the right people. You can't start a business with the right people until you become the right person. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Very important. <clears throat> Why? Because if you're the wrong person, 
the only people you know in your life are the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And if you do know the right people, you don't have enough relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Because you can't. Because your awareness doesn't let you communicate with them. You know, unless you communicate with your weed buddies or your drinking buddies or whatever that is. Okay? So, all of you know people who can't give you $10,000 right now. But you know that one person. You know, your grandma said, you got the relationship with that one person that got that money. But since you are not the right person, they won't give it to you. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Because you, they understand from their level of prosperity, I'm going, I'm going to kill this money. I don't mind giving it to you if you were the right person. You find this pe- people in your aunt, your grandmother, you know, something like this, or your, whatever, right? <coughs> so you want to be able to handle that. So in order to build a business, the right, get the right people to build a strong business or a business, you got to become the right people first, the right person first. Now, you're a tough one. How do you keep a heart and make tough business decisions? You need to understand that the tough business decisions is all heart. To say no to things is heart. Even if it's tough. Let me explain this way. So, I have a team. I have the greatest team on planet. I really do. And we work out every morning at 5 in the morning. At an undisclosed location. You don't need to know where we work out at. You know what I'm saying? Five in the morning. We work out. Because I decided that we need to go to another level, which is millions and billions of dollars. And we can't do it fat. Oh, you're going to receive that. I don't care if you're mad at me or not. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to, right? Because wealth is not just spiritual, it's also physical. Okay? So everybody around here got clothes that's getting baggy on them now, right? Because we work out five in the morning. I, that was a tough decision because I said, y'all going to disrupt your life. And I even told them, I'm going to fire you if you don't work out. I, I did. It's a tough decision. I wasn't being mean. They received, first of all, they didn't receive it at first. First, I, I started hitting it. Watch what y'all eat. I was hitting at it at first. And I dropped it off. We working out. You know, you know what I'm saying? That was a tough decision. But that decision wanted to be one of the greatest things to do because there's something about dying together, metaphorically, that bonds you closer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. This is why people who, uh, who go in the army are, are best friends, because it's trauma bonding, right? You, you have, we got shot at together. That's my boy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I know I got a brother over here, but I know that me and him, we got shot at together. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. This is why some of your kids are getting lost to gang members, because the gang loves your kids more than you do. Mm. Okay. So, now, Hurricane Harvey came through. It was real disrespectful. Now, we working out. We on week six, week seven. We do it in the end. How many pounds you drop? I'm down 25. 25. Let's clap. <laughs> She's down 25 pounds. Increase her confidence. She got a little thing going on. That ain't none of my business, but you understand what I'm saying, right? <laughs> right? That's, that's between her and somebody else's business, right? But she got a little thing going on, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, so, Hurricane Harvey hits. So I, I, I canceled the workout, and we started working out from the home digitally. Now, I had enough sci- – this is a tough decision. I had enough scientific information. I'm looking at the, all the broadcast, and I tell everybody there is nothing. I closed the church. I closed everything because I saw the science, and I knew it was going to be terrible because experts were telling me it was going to be terrible. So I didn't even make them come out to church. Or, well, I don't have everybody, all the team members, not my church members. But you understand know what I'm saying? 
Boom. There was no church closed. I closed everything. I closed business, closed everything. Tough decision. Because some of them extroverts and need to come out, right? Yeah. But then it was tough for me because I have a reputation. I'm supposed to say things like, we need to get, if you're going to drive to the job in the rain, you ought to be able to drive to the Lord in the rain. Well, you know what? A category four is hurricane is not rain. Mm-mm. You understand what I'm saying? So I had to sacrifice my ego. Tough decision, but it was all heart. They received it that way. Then, when it was all done, I'm supposed to say, let's go back. Work out. And then, them doggone mosquitoes came out bigger than dragons. And I said, all right, y'all, wait a minute. Let's not, let's not go out there. And we ain't been out there since. I'm thinking in a few days. But it was a heart decision to tell them, no, too many mosquitoes are out there. He's not regular mosquitoes. He's a hurricane mosquito. So that was a tough decision because in one respect, I'm running a lot telling what to do. In other respect, we're not bonding and growing and all the other stuff. But you know what? It is easier for me to take a hit and show them that I care about them not being ate up by mosquitoes and getting malaria than having my pride out there we out there slapping each other in the face. Does that make sense? That's not the culture you want to create. That's one way when you protect your people. Thank you understand you. what I'm saying? Here's the other way to make a hard decision with heart to protect your people. It's called firing people. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep. See, I'm giving you two in the spectrum. You fire people as fast as possible. You know why? Because some people, everybody remember this metaphor, you don't have to write it down, like red ants. Everybody in the organization is black ants. Little ant, you've seen black ants before? Mm-hmm. They work, they get their food, they don't bother you, they form a straight line, and they go. Right? They crawl on you, they just crawl. They irritate when they crawl, they go. That's how people are in the organization. They work, they get their food, they go. Red ants, though, they, they bite you and you know, mm-hmm. push you all up and stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? So some people are in the organization of red ants, biting black ants and making them red ants. Ooh. Okay, now, a red ant is a poison in an organization. Talking behind your back, or not behind your back, but making the environment uncomfortable for your good workers. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And now you got your good workers being uncomfortable because you need to fire this bad worker. And, watch this here, the people you let go who don't belong in your culture will make you more money than hiring people who do belong in your culture. Very important you understand that. When you let people go who don't belong there, that's a hard decision, but you're taking care of your people. They will bond to you more, Mm. they will love you more, Mm -hmm. and they will work harder because you have the courage to let go of the person who made them uncomfortable. Mm. People should never have to go to work uncomfortable and go home and be uncomfortable. That is out of line. Make sense? All right, let's go. Question in front of me, and Tempest, get ready to ask me three questions over the phone. <clears throat> How long should you wait to go onto your? It's a two-part question to go onto your next business. Like, when will you know when it's time? Like, let's say I want to, I want to own businesses. So I'm currently working on my first business. So when will I know? That's always actually one question. When will I know when it's time to move on to start my next? When you're well-respected in your first one. Okay. It's very important for you to understand. 
In order to have MSI, multiple streams of income, MSI, remember that. In order to have multiple streams of income, you must first be respected in your primary stream of income, PSI. Okay? In order to have multiple streams of income, you must be respected in your primary stream of income. You cannot branch out until you are respected. Very important. Most people, are you familiar with bandwidth? Okay, bandwidth and internet world, when you run out of bandwidth, you had too much information going down an information highway. So somebody loses, or in some cases, millions of people can't get on. Website crashes, or they slow your internet down. I won't talk about companies because I want them to give me money for my podcast, but you understand mm-hmm. the people who slow your internet company down. Y'all going to give me money, but so I ain't going to mention you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you guys are out here with too much bandwidth. You're trying to do too much and you're broke because something has to get lost. What is that big thing being lost? Energy. Let me explain. You're trying to do 10 things with 100% of energy. What's 100 divided by 10? 10. You are being 10% successful in everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Trying to have 100% money. <laughs> Got it? Mm-hmm. Here's your, if, do you want a model of how to start multiple stream of income? Yeah. I give you a great model. I give you a great model to start multiple streams of income. I'll give you two different television shows. Two of them. Let's start off with what, what was Horatio? CSI, yeah, man. Yeah. So let's start off with the regular CSI. Gil Grissom. Yeah. See, see how I said the name? Yeah. Okay, watch this here. They dominated for like seven, nah, it's probably more than seven mm-hmm. right? Dominated. Number one TV show. And then spent off. Mm-hmm. They became the most respected television show in their slot, in their nature, of their type. They changed the game. And then after a while, they spent off to CSI Miami. Mm-hmm. They controlled it. They controlled their brand width, which is what Scott Bedberry calls in his book, New Brand World. Okay, I'm giving you books now, okay? Brand width. So then after CSI Dominated for a long CSI Miami dominated for a long time. What else came out? CSI New York. CSI New York. No, Vegas was the regular CSI. Vegas was the regular. <coughs> CSI New York. Did you see that? This is how you create multiple streams of income. One CSI, three different shows. Now watch it. I, I'll show you. Which one is your favorite CSI? Miami. Okay, Miami's my favorite one too. Which one is yours? <laughs> okay, Vegas. Which one is yours? They don't even watch it. That's not big player. You know what I'm saying? That's not big player. You know what I'm saying? So you can't get everybody. Respect the fact that everybody's not your customer. Okay. I like Horatio with his cool self, with his head to the side all the time. Right? You know what I'm saying? And he say the cool statements. Man, somebody died. He's on fire. Looks like we'll be burning today. So what I'm saying? Right? You understand what I'm Right? You understand what I'm Because she can't stand it, but I love it. I love cool people who are consistently cool. Does that make sense? That is how you create multiple streams of income. So, if you want advice, follow the CSI method. <coughs> Here is another TV show for you that you can follow. Same thing. Law and Order. Yes. Did the same thing. Law and Order. Then they gave you what? SVU. And who doesn't watch Law and Order every time it come on USA with a marathon? Some of you right now, you're on there. For, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, Criminal yeah. Intent, Law, Law and Order, uh, SVU, Criminal Intent, and Law, SVU got like 21 seasons, 
right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That is how you create multiple streams of income. You become dominant and well-respected. The reason why most of you are broke, because you are afraid to be dominant. Okay. You're not dominating. You're being average. And nobody is buying average products. Yeah. The only people who are buying average products are the people who are trying to get a discount on your average products. They literally go, they see it on sale, and they go to the front register and they say, I don't want to pay this much for this. It's got a, it's got a tear in the box on the side. I ain't lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how they treat your product. Does that make sense? That's how they treat your product. You got it? That's how you create multiple streams of income. So, I okay. got Tim is ready. Give me three questions from online or, or over the phone, whichever one. <coughs> Easy question, short answer. It is always an okay time to be selfish. Selfish to poor people means something completely different to selfish to wealthy people. Mm. If you're not selfish, you're poor. Mm. Oprah says it better. Oprah says, if you aren't responsible for your energy, I'll become responsible for your energy. If you don't want to take up for your own actions, I will process the information and say, you belong over there, which is away from me. Did everybody receive that? Okay. If you are not responsible for your energy, I will become responsible for your energy. That is selfish. Oprah says, listen, between me and my house, we don't do these bad things. Over there you go. I'll love you way over there, but I will account for your energy. So, to be selfish is to just simply account for your energy and the energy of others. Next question. On, online. Are there any common are there any common causes of failure when moving to the next level? Yes, carrying too many people. Are there any co- common causes of failure when moving to the next level? Carrying too many people. Carrying too many people is the most common cause that most poor people do. Oh. You can't carry everybody. It's just you. This prosperity race is a race of one. To carry other people is like to go to the bathroom with your whole family. Some stuff is just inappropriate. The bathroom is a one-man job. So go to the bathroom is a one-man job. I can't help you pee unless you got a colostomy bag. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, then I can't help you be prosperous as well. In order for you to get to the next level, you got to get to the next level by you and your might. In your mind, in your integrity, then you can say, now y'all come on too. Even if you got to step on my back, I got here first. You know what I'm saying? Or I got to the wall, step on my back. The things, if they're not encouraged enough or encouraged enough to get to the wall, you need to go to the wall by yourself. Y'all keep trying to help people that don't want help. And let me tell you, the people in your life who don't want help will always make you feel guilty for not helping them. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So, give me another question. Can victims level up to their next level? Let's say it again. I'm sorry. I coughed and don't hear. Can victims level up to their next level? Okay. So, I'm going to answer this question. And I want to take four more questions in a row from you, Tempest. Four more questions in a row from you, so get ready. 
Can victims level up to the next level? Absolutely not. Because victims are not responsible for their lives. And since they're not responsible for their lives, they're not responsible for their energy. And since they're not responsible for their energy, they're blaming other people with all the energy they have. Therefore, their energy is not on success, but blaming you for why they are not successful. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Victims can never be As a matter of fact, when I hire, I, I, don't, I don't ask too many hiring questions. When I hire, I'm trying to find out if someone is a victim. Uh, let's see. I will ask you a question like this here. I'll ask you a question. So, give me a name. So, Steve, why are you not rich? Now watch this here. And I ask this when I coach people. Why are you not rich? If you tell me anything, but I suck, and I have a, a poverty mindset, and I'm just poor, and I need help, you are fired before you ever get hired. You know why? Because your answer tells me everything about you. Whatever you blame for why you're not rich, that's your problem. You're not taking responsibility for your own actions, and you have a warped view of whatever you're blaming. Well, you know what, my mom, there you go. You got parental problems, so anybody that needs to be nurtured, you can't help them because you've never been nurtured. Oh. Does that make sense? Oh. There you go. Or, watch this here. Why you not rich? Well, you know what, man? My girl, she, you know what I'm saying? And my mama tried to tell her, boom, your mama love you too much. And you love your mama too much. And you can't love any other woman unless she's like your mama. So you're trying to change people to be like your mother. And now that's your problem. You want people to be like her. Yeah, you don't belong in this organization. If you're not, that's all right. If you're not careful, you date one of these men that try to make you their mama. All right, if you won't date them, why would you hire them? As a matter of fact, stop dating people you won't work for. <laughs> all right, four more questions from online. Four more questions from online. How important it is to study other successful people that are in your field and their processes? It's the most important thing you can do. Why? Because successful people are only successful because they're in harmony with the laws of success in this universe, whatever they are. And so, the reason why you're not successful is because you're right, but not in harmony with the laws of success. You're only in harmony with the laws of poverty. So if you duplicate what successful people are doing, you also, even if unadvised or ill-advised or accidentally, align yourself with the laws of harmony. I mean, the laws of success. So, you want to be doing what successful people are doing because you know what? They're following something you need to be doing. So, that's very important. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Next question. Three more. Three more. Everybody put on your he finna offend me armor. Okay? Put it on. Put it, just put it on. Put it on. Put it on. He finna offend me armor. Put it on. 
belief is drastically important and you're already using it. Some of you just believe in power. Okay? Okay? I told you I was going to offend you. You're using belief every moment of every day. You, your life is the sum total of your belief. So, is belief important? Yeah. Because you're only going to manifest your belief. So if you, don't, listen, if you don't live your dreams, you believe you don't deserve to. If you have marital problems, you believe that's the only relationship that exists. Does that make sense? If you are broke, you believe money wants you broke. You believe in there's lack. How can it be lack when there's thousands of trillions of dollars in circulation right now? There's no lack in money. You've been taught there's lack in money. Because your mama said money don't grow on trees. Actually, it does. We make it out of trees. And it don't matter because the money you need is digital anyway. 97.5% of the money that is in the world is digital. We made it up. Put it in the banking system and said this number five has value. So have your self-esteem according to this value. Either way, belief is important. All of you are using it. You just believe you don't deserve to be happy. Next question. Okay, so piggybacks off of the last one. Your thoughts are very important because you cannot have an action without a dominant thought. Mm -hmm. So the only thing you're doing is your thoughts. Now let's prove you wrong for a second by accident, or with grace I should say. I know you want a happy marriage. I know you want a million dollars intellectually, but your dominant thoughts or whatever you have in this world today. Period. Period. You are only living what you dominantly think you deserve. So as a man thinketh, <clears throat> so is he. Period. Every great leader, in every great religion, in every great school of thought, from Greek philosophy, to Jewish philosophy, to your school's philosophy, to the grandpa in your family who is successful, to the aunt, they all say the same thing. Baby, you think wrong. If you start thinking correctly, you'll start getting a correct harvest, one that is worthy of you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, your thoughts matter the most. Because <clears throat> thoughts and beliefs are the same thing. Beliefs are thoughts that are packed with emotions. If you feel it with an emotion, it's a belief. And beliefs are what you get. I can think right now. Comment, hit me in the sky. Right now. Kill me, comment. But I don't have any emotion behind it. So a comment's not going to hit me. But I guarantee you, if I want to die and I say, comment, come hit me. It may not be a comment. It would be a falling seat from an airplane or something that would take me out or whatever. Or I'll just be empowered because I keep looking up to the sky waiting to die. Instead of trying to be on earth waiting to live. Mm. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, next question, Tim. Give me, give me three more. <coughs> I have two more. Two more. Two more. 
thoughts, belief, faith, same thing, different levels. Okay? So now first off, take faith out of your, your, your religious way. We kind of hijacked that word. Thoughts on your thoughts. You got like 21,000 thoughts a day. You can't, you can't control all those. You can't think of all of them. The ones you have emotion behind become belief. The ones that you have a belief behind, the thoughts that have emotion and that you are willing to die for, is faith. Okay? So if you're willing to sit in the same spot while your favorite player plays the basketball or the football in the same jersey, you are willing to die for that team, whether you believe it or not, because if your wife or your husband walk in front of it, it's going to be an argument and hell to pay. Because this is what I believe in. As I sit here and say, you win and make me happy. That make sense? Mm -hmm. So when you have faith, it is something that you're willing to die for. Okay? And it becomes a burning desire. When you're willing to die for that thought, that is now a faith. Nothing wrong with faith. But, unfortunately, most of you are willing to die for poverty. A man or a woman has in their life exactly what they truly are willing to die for. Whether they're willing to admit that or not. That will never change. I am fortunate enough with Tempest, as far as, as, far as this podcast goes, to reach over 70 companies, excuse me, countries in over 60 different languages, I believe, all around the world, for whatever crazy reason, people come in and listen to me talk or call in, watch online to the tune of about 500 to a million people a week. You know why? Not because I'm cool, because before it ever happened, I believed it could, it should. I believe. I deserve this moment, and I'm believing more, more, more than this. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You can never listen to me if I didn't believe. As a matter of fact, you are not dumb. You would feel that I don't believe what I'm saying, and you log off and you stop listening to me. Mm -hmm. How many of you know leaders you'll never follow? Mm -hmm. Because you don't believe in them, and they don't believe in them. Got it? Or your beliefs don't match it. And when your belief becomes something that you're willing to die for, it becomes faith. And when you're willing to die for something, you will get that thing. Poverty or prosperity, it becomes a burning desire. And you will get that burning desire. Make sense? All right, next question, Tempest. What are some books you personally recommend on achieving abundance? <clears throat> All right, let's go in order with this list. What are books that I personally recommend and achieving abundance. When someone asks me this wise question, I go into order. My number one book is not the number one book that I recommend you read. You can't even understand the number one book that I recommend you read until you read what I suggest you read first. Number one book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. <coughs> Hopefully somebody compiles a good list digitally and write this down. If not, just come back and listen to this video. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Book number two, Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Cash Flow Quadrant 
by Robert Kiyosaki. Book number three, Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Klassen. Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Klassen. I'll repeat one, two, and three for you so you can catch up and double check your list. Number one, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Number two, Cash Flow Quadrant, Robert Kiyosaki. Number three, George S. Klassen, Richest Man in Babylon. Number four, and the most important book I wish you ever read in your entire life, mm -mm. Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> you won't even be able to receive these books unless you have some knowledge of what I just told you. Because all those books before Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill are dealing or inspired by Think and Grow Rich principles. Okay? Okay. Book number five. And the second most important <coughs> book that I wish all of you were to read, and I just happen to have it on my desk right now. Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakiani. Make sure this is zoomed in so they can see this. I actually have this one on. Code of the Extraordinary Mind. <coughs> I strongly recommend that book. Is this book, Code of the Extraordinary Mind, this book has become the number two book I've ever read in my life. And it was written like this year or last year. And that's saying a lot. I've written, read, excuse me. I have a library of over 40,000 books. So that just tells you how many books I've read. Now, let's see, that was five? Mm -hmm. Number six. Multiplier. I don't know who wrote that book. It's in my phone. Multipliers. I forgot her name. <coughs> Multipliers. It's a great book. I would definitely read this book. Find out the author, the author for me. I won't move on until you find out because I want to give people the credit they deserve. Why do I want to give people the credit they deserve? Because people would not give me the credit I deserve unless I pay that credit forward. It's a lady. How how the best leaders make yep. everyone smarter? Liz Weisman. L I Z Weisman. L I Z Weisman. Liz Weisman. Multiplied by Liz Weisman. Great book. Next book, Discovering Your Strengths. Don't have it in here. I think I do have a copy in here. Discovering Your Strengths is by multiple authors. There's a strength test in that book. You need to know who you are. Get out the trash of being well-rounded <coughs> and double down on what you do well. Okay? Was that number seven? Yeah. What else book would I recommend? Abundance. Let's see. Let's stop at those books. I have more, but... Let's stop at those. Let's let's stop at those. Oh no 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 no! One more. Outwitting the devil by Napoleon Hill again. There are more, but I would start there as a basis. I personally read those first four five books. It used to be twice a year. I kind of jumped up to three times a year now. Those first five books. 
person to read three times a year. Because you never know it all, and you always need to be redirected back on the right track. Okay? To show you how much I read those first five books, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Cashflow Quadrant, Robert Kiyosaki. George S. Classic, Richest Man in Babylon. Think and Grow Rich, Color of the Extraordinary Mind. See it? Those books are that important to me that I can keep going over and over in the same order. Make sense? All right, let's get some questions in front of me. All right, so uh, what question you going to ask? Um, how to stay financially independent. Okay, so let's deal with this one first. What's the importance of moving in silence? Gratitude, excuse me, gratification is where your work stops. So on the internet now, you live in the 21st century information age, it's easy to get your gratification up front. And once you get your gratification up front, you stop working. It used to be you spend a lot of time working just to get your gratification. So the reason you move in silence is because if you have that dream and someone says, good job, I'm so proud of you for doing that, you stop working. Wherever, you're grati wherever you get your gratification, work stops. Always a fact. The gratification you want. You understand what I'm saying? Wherever you get your gratification, your hard work will stop. This is why you have a lot of people fronting on the internet like they're doing great things. Because it's easy to post about winning than to actually do the hard work of winning. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because the hard work of winning puts you in the position of deferred gratification. And deferred gratification is the only way to get prosperity. It's to put your gratification at the back end and then you do all the hard work to get to that gratification. So to move in silence defers your gratification. If you're angry it gratifies you to be pissed off and to curse people out. That's not deferred gratification. If you want to be in harmony in your relationship, defer that anger, be in peace, and talk it out. That puts your marriage or whatever in prosperity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, if you move in silence, you are deferring your gratification until you win. This is why you never know when rich people are doing something that's going to make them richer until the news reports it. Make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. Good. Good question. How do you stay financially intelligent or independent? Independent. You stay financially independent by keep consuming yourself with things of financial independence. What is independence? To be separated or to be self-sustained without outside resources. Therefore, to be self-sustained of things that are outside resources, you need a couple of things. You need to only consume things or people or events or entities like seminars, like Born to Win Conference. You can find that at theplantbetterconferences.com. Yes, yes, Born to Win Conference. Right now we have a few tickets left. Sorry for the shameless plug, but let's face it, I'm in the business of shameless plugs. Now, so, you go to the Born to Win Conference and you keep pouring into you financial independence. You make sure your friends are financially independent. Why? Because as human beings, we are competitive. You're not going to be a millionaire, and I'm not going to be one. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Millionaire is a new middle class, by the way, so a million dollars is not enough. As a matter of fact, if you become a millionaire, you spend one dollar, you're no longer a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Simple math. Mm -hmm. yeah, see, I just, I just told you, just jacked your head. I was like, man, I thought I was doing well. You're not doing well. Okay? You're in middle class. Right? There's a new class 
you would call it global upper class. These are the people that no matter what country they have or they're in, they are globally in the upper class. And they have homes globally. You think of these people as people you love. Jay-Z, Beyonce, whatever, right? The people you love, the Oprah, right? Oprah is globally mm-hmm. upper class. Mm-hmm. That ain't just in America. Mm-hmm. You understand? That's wherever she go. If she go to Saturn, if they're not life on Saturn, she's still, she's now galactically upper class, right? You understand what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Next question. Next question. Did we exhaust him? Is that, is, it, is that, did I win? Yeah, no question. He's flipping papers. Okay. Did I, do I got any questions online, Tempest? Or over the phone? Thank you guys for coming out. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. I cannot tell you what to do with your life. What I can tell you is, if you change the quality of your seeds, you will change the quality of your life. Thank you guys for coming out. Don't forget the Born and Weird Conference, plantbetterconferences.com. You're coming there. Thank you for coming out. God bless you and good night. Hey, everybody. You may not know it, but you probably not subscribed to my videos. I appreciate you for even making me a community. Team ATS, we are here. There are three things that I am accomplishing and changing the world, or at least aiding to change the world. Here's thing number one. Every single time that you watch one of these videos and every single time you subscribe, you help boost this community and help me give out a, f- a whole lot more information for free. Another thing that you're doing, and this is probably most important, you help me pay for salaries, okay? Team ATS, the minimum wage for Team ATS, the people who work here, is $22 an hour. That's pretty cool, right? Every time that you subscribe, buy something from me, or now I'm gonna ask you to go to my Patreon page and give a donation. That could be $1 a month, $3 a month, $5 a month, or if you like me, $25,000 a month. I appreciate you who's gonna do that. 100% of every donation that comes through goes to salaries or video production. Which is the second thing, you know, look, this is 4K content, right? All this stuff costs money. So instead of me taking money from people, what I'm doing is I am literally creating salaries and using this money for production and more salaries. I don't use the money for me. I am literally helping people, bringing people out of poverty. I specialize, I am so excited about group economics that I typically hire people with felonies or need a second chance or someone, the daughter is 15 years old and they need insulin. I love those kind of people because they're hungry and they need an opportunity. So please go to Patreon, okay? Go over there, go over there right now, over. I'm not sure where my editing team is gonna put it. It could be over here, could be. Click one of these things, you know what I'm saying? Go over there and do a donation. Now, that's if you can. If you can't, don't worry about it. Just set me to see first, put on the notifications, click that alert bell if you're on YouTube, however you find me, and you'll be helping that way. But if you have a dollar to spare, five dollars to spare, ten dollars to spare, I promise you, you'll be aiding people in salaries. Let's stay together. Now, if you're on the same vibration with me, if you're trying to raise the higher consciousness of this world, if you believe, if you be faithful to the few, you'll become rulers over many. If you vibrate at that frequency, let's be faithful, 
let's you know give a dollar to let's help somebody else so the universe can help us i really appreciate you team ats is in the building to stay a third thing that i'm doing because i promise you three so i've actually started my own oprah winfrey network but ats network so expect to see a whole lot more content expect me to start paying content providers and content creators expect me to give people a platform where they can get paid for their videos i really appreciate you i'm so grateful for you let's make this community one of the most popular and one of the most paid communities so we can pay others i give you my word 100 percent of the money that's drawn from these videos goes to creating salaries or upgrading equipment. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. I have felt so much in life. I've been so evil. I've done everything in life to mess it up. And I have. I have completely messed this life up. And then I changed. And then I start applying things that I didn't know, but I always knew. You call it the law of attraction. Or maybe you don't. Or maybe you're religious and maybe you're not. Here is what I know. I know that we all have a karmic debt to pay off. And I have either paid mine off or almost off. And now I dedicate my entire life to you. Please know that as my life is dedicated to you, it means I get beat up a lot. But that's what this is about. It is about people like me putting their gains at risk for you crazy thing about life is once we get enough, whatever enough means, if you're a politician, it's enough votes, someone likes money, enough money, whatever enough is, you're a pastor, enough members, we tend to protect it. This podcast is not about protection, it's about you. I sincerely believe in you, I know you're going to be it, I know you're going to do it, whatever that is for you, there are no mistakes. I want you to share this podcast, but not for personal gain. I want you to share it because I am giving you my every being so you can turn around and do the same for others. I give away me, and then you give away you. I lower me so you can stand on my shoulders, and then you return the favor and you lower yourself. So someone else will stand on your shoulders and then voila. No one is lower than the other. Because we've all lowered ourselves. Finally, the music in this podcast that you're gonna hear, I hope it gets stuck in your head. It's actually from my favorite movie, Cloud Atlas. It's a cover, it's not the original version, but it sounds just like it. Cloud Atlas is a great movie by the Wachowskis. My second favorite movie is The Matrix, but that has nothing to do with this right now. It is about repeating the same mistakes and 
So I'm hoping subconsciously that as you repeat the same mistakes, Cloud Atlas is mostly about ascending from those mistakes. So I'm hoping the words, the music, the melody, everything helps you ascend to where you're supposed to be, which is where you've always agreed you wanted to be before you got here. I love you. This is the secret to success law of attraction. I really, really know that this will be a blessing, a lifesaver to many people. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't plan better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate and if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools which is the technology itself to match the right candidates up with your job you can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to Apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world.
based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.